Welcome back. Coming to you live from the CBS Community College of Summers in Philadelphia. It's a beautifully dampish Thursday morning. A lot of good news going around, Baruch Hashem, here in Somerton, in the greater Jewish world. Kabbalah, beautiful news. Mazel Tov's within the Kailo, Mazel Tov's within the community. Mazel Tov's all around. You should just call a turnish mabard, Seinu. We should be zeichet to be megad all these new neshamas l'tayr l'chubam meisim tayim. We should be zeichet to more kailos, kailosasim v'kol simcha, v'chosim v'chol chalo. All the kailos of simcha should be nishma b'artzenu. We should have many many simchas to celebrate together. Uh, and there's a simcha coming up this evening. Also, certainly uh, mentioned that uh, one of the most permanent, I think, members of Gader Hashem Chabur over here. Who uh, not usually here in person, but uh, can always be canted upon to be out there in uh, WhatsApp land, and he also has his own simcha coming up, Mir Hashem, shortly this evening, and of course a big Mazel Tov to him as well, a a long time listener and occasional caller, and lot of simcha and bracha nachas again to Ali Yidin. So we're going right to here in Derech Hashem, and uh, we're mamish almost at the end over here of very very very. Fundamental parak, parak Dalit in Chelik Beis of Derech Hashem. This is the parak that just goes through the entire sugya of Yidden and Gaim, Jews and Gentiles, the differences, the similarities, and the dissimilarities, and the roles, the roles that each one of these empires has to uh, play out over here in this world. The empire of the seventy nations of the Gaim and the empire of Klai Yisrael, and how they function. And we are now paragraph Tess, Simon Tess over here, Ice Tess, the second to last Simon in Perek Dalid. Um, we explained yesterday we had a Hashlama that we filled in yesterday some, some gaps and explained what the significance of the seven number 70 is nowadays, what does it mean 70 nations, and is that a Lechatchil, is that a Vidyevet? So we saw yesterday something very, very interesting, eye opening. We tied into the Tfilis of Yom Dairoyim that the concept of 70 there being 70 individualized nations, still is a perpetuation of the 70 different aspects of um, the Merida against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 70 different knaches in, in rebellion, of, of Nimrod's rebellion um, that he fomented. And the fact that, and it's still around nowadays, has it around the fact that they are still individual nations. Um, there's still reboy, there's still multiplicity, because when a guy, a nation of the world, is aligned with the Rebbein Shem, there's no more scattering, there's no more individualization, there's no more reboy, there's Aguda Echos, last night's Ritzayin of Alev Shalom, as the Ramchal himself says, as he was Roshan Yom Kippur, he has a, 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 a monograph on the, uh, on the, upon the prayers, short monograph on the prayers of Roshan Yom Kippur, high holiday prayers, and we mentioned yesterday, he explains over there that it's referring to the guy and all the 70 nations, when it will be Gilu Yehudai, Yisbarach, will no longer be 70, but will be one. So just the individualization, the factionization of the guy is in a vestige of that Merida. Because when there is no Merida, when the guy are accepting Hashbarach, there's, there's um, Sofa Achas. As the pasuk says, before the door haflaga, ha, ha before the migdal bubble, dvar machadim sofa achas. There's oneness. There's unity. The fact that there are seventy different nations that itself is a, a legacy of perpetuating 
the rebellion. Okay, so that's the way we spoke that out yesterday. And as um, Stephen from Abington picked up on, uh, we, we did mention yesterday that we were going to send out the next simon as its own uh, recording. That did not happen yesterday because the hour was late, but we're going to do it now. So if anyone is listening to it, if anyone else picked up on what Stephen from Abington picked up on, um, you didn't miss any of the episodes in, in uh, our Derech Hashem series over here. We are now going to continue to simon tests. So let's see that now. We're going to see two final points that Rechaz is going to make when it comes to understanding Gaim vis-a-vis Yidin, Jews and Gentiles, Yisrael v'Amim. Um, and, and let's see the second to last point that he's going to, to establish. Tests. Upon the actions of Kla Yisrael, the Rebbein Shalom made dependent the world's destiny and the world's shlemus and bring the world towards its, its, its tikkun. And bring this world from a state of chaos and disrepair into a state of repair. Bring this world from a state of darkness to a state of light. Bring this world from a state of helam, hester panim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's absence to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Gili chudai, and we know that there's all kinds of different things going on as we chart the course from year 0 to year 6,000, what the purpose of creation is, what the purpose of the Bria is. And, and, and we mentioned this several times, that there's, there's three different parallel overlapping, independent and yet complementary approaches to understanding the purpose of creation. Three different perspectives based on where you, what your vantage point is, and that's there, Hashem, Hashem, and, and Das Tunis. He's now alluding to the, the Das Tunis model, which is this world is here to make Shlemus to bring Tikkun to the world. Right? We know Messias Hashem tells us the purpose of creation is, is man himself, is the Gabra, man to, for my Hano, my Oinig, and Oilam Haba. Der Hashem obviously tells us Purpose of creation is from Hashem, who is taught to be mative. Hashem wants to be mative, and that initiates the entire Bria. And Das tells us that the world's created to bring Hakash Baruch into the world, to start off with a world that's absent, uh, devoid, lacking Hashem, and to bring Hakash Baruch into that world. So when you talk about the world having that plan, and the world going from a state of Hester Panim to Ha'aris Panim, Tuma to Tahara, Chilul, to Kedusha, to sanctification and holiness, it's Klai Yisrael who's doing that. Klai Yisrael's actions, when they are up to, up to par, when they're, when, they're, when they're being done the right way, when we are doing what the Rebbein Shalom wants, Ratzon Hashem, we're doing our mitzvahs, every mitzvah we do brings another little spark and sparkle of Kedusha, of godliness into this world, brings this world closer, one step closer, to the ultimate revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And conversely, obviously, if our actions can bring it closer, actions can also distance this world from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelation. If a Yid does Averis, then he brings cont- spiritual contamination and pollution to the world. He distances this world from the ultimate revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It works both ways, right? Power to create is always the power to destroy. The power to elevate is the power to degenerate. And... Um, Kla Yisrael, being that nation that is connected all the way up to the Kisei but being that nation that is still relevant to the Tikkun of, of the Chet of Adam, and we're, we're, we're the ones that are still 
tethered to that, our actions are those actions that are also bring the world to its destiny. The Ramchal is reminding us that everything that happens in this world, all the events, all the occurrences, are all linked to our actions. Everything that goes on, bracha, when, when blessing, shefa, and bounty comes down from Shemaim, that is a direct result of our actions, because our actions are happening up there, and bring things down, and chas to the, 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 the flip side, that is also true, that again, Averis are creating damage up there, and bringing damaged goods down here. Um, our actions can determine Hashem's illumination, presence, lichtekeit in this world, Hashem's bounty coming down, Hashem's blessing and bracha, or, again, the opposite of that, which is Hashem's absence. Okay? So, being that Klai Yisrael is connected to Adam Rishon Prichet, and that we are connected to everything in creation, therefore, everything in creation is affected by us. Actions of the Goyim, an action that a, a Goy effects over here, does not add nor detract to the reality of the existence of this universe. Does not affect the existence of the universe. Doesn't affect the Bria. Can Rebbe say that again? The actions of Goyim do not add nor do they detract from the existence of this universe. Now we're wondering, what does that mean? I mean, look, they can launch missiles, launch rockets, bring down skyscrapers and buildings, and they can demolish entire cities and towns and turn them into rubble. They can... Um, Goyim can slaughter millions of people. Um, they can create all sorts of acts of destruction, and they can also create all kinds of acts of construction. Construction. I mean, they can create cities, they can build, they can civilize uncivilized areas, they can pave roads, set up highways, open up 7-Elevens, slurping machines. They can do all kinds of things. Fill potholes. Fill potholes. Fill potholes. Fill potholes. So what does Rabbi Chalmin, mean? Lo habrio. Goyim don't have the ability, the power to add or detract from the mitzvahs of the brio. So he means, he means the following. When he says the mitzvahs have brio, he's talking about you know we use the, the word mitzvahs very often, very loosely. And mitzvahs means you know. It can be a Talmudic term that we use in yeshivas. You know, what's, what, what's going on here in Metzias? Metzias can mean um, the observable reality. It can be Metzias, you know. You know, is this, is this, is this, a, is this a din in Metzias? Is it a din in Lamdis? Right? Metzias can mean observable reality. And, and we use the term this way very often, observable reality. Um, that's when we use it loosely, colloquially. Mitzias, when it's used, uh, when it's used in its in its um, basic sense, when it's used in its uh, strict sense, mitzias means 
something's absolute reality. That's what Mitzias means. It's point of origin. Um, like, along the lines of like himatsus. Uh, it's it, it's like to be mamtsi in in, in Kesh means to create to produce to bring something into existence. So mitzi is is being used over here in a very strict and in a very um, focused sense. Mitzi is what the essence. the essence the essence of something. It, it's 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 uh, its origin where it emerges from its root. Um, the the essence yeah the essential. Um, Existence of the Bria. That's what the Ramchal means. And, and let's just um, appreciate that, what that means. We, we do have observable reality down here. But the down here is the operative way of describing that. We know that what we see as observable reality is really the last rung in a very, very long ladder and the last iteration and projection of a very long process of projecting um, increasingly uh, distant and and kind of watered down versions of the essential reality and root um, reality which is there uh, at the highest level of reality what we see down here is projection upon projection upon projection, interpretation, iteration. We've given different mashalim for this in, in, in different places and times, but, you know, a, a rough and crude mashal would be, let's say, where is the the um, the the origin of the current episode of Der Hashem that we're all listening to right now, live in real time, right? Are we listening to this live in real time? Are we just imagining that we're hearing this or this is uh, something that, um, you know, we're all hallucinating together. Let's, let's assume they're all hearing this and imagining this in real time right now, okay? Um, there are Yidden that are hearing this as well in Zoom space. And uh, we have, uh, we have again, where is uh, Wallace in Billings, Montana, joining us there in Zoom space. Hello, good morning to you. And uh, people who are listening in, in Zoom space, people that perhaps will be listening to this out there in WhatsApp land or on podcasts. Now, um, when you're hearing this in Zoom space, so you're hearing, um, are, are you hearing the mitzias, the essence of today's year? No, you're hearing um, uh, a transmission of sound waves that, that I'm projecting right now that are that are being um, you know picked up by this uh, this device over here, this contraption that is converting them to digital code that sends them through, um, uh, like we're on Wi-Fi, so vice is being sent through the air, and after it's converted to digital code, it gets converted nochemal to some kind of code, and it goes through, um, goes through energy waves, waves of energy that are going to some back somewhere that are being sent through wire somewhere else to someone else's computer that, that is reinterpreted into projected sound waves that go into their ear. And, and that's not only that, and that's, so, so, so what they hear is, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth hand uh, interpretation, projection, iteration of what's going on over here. And even what we're hearing all in real time, what I'm hearing with my ears is, I, I wouldn't even call that the etzimitzis, because it, we, one could argue that the Derech Hashem Shir, anyone that has to deliver, has to compose his thoughts first, has to gather thoughts, decide what he wants to say, put those thoughts together, string them into the words, and then bring them out from the Olam HaMachshava into the Olam HaDibur as well. So 
one could say, you know, that maybe any given shear that anyone ever hears is beginning somewhere there in the realm of, in the realm of Chachma, perhaps, has to be cogitated and, and, and composed and then collected and then projected and then interpreted and relayed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're just talking about, you know, we already have numerous levels of relaying just in your everyday um, sheer podcast, Zoom, Zoom lecture. Um, this is a very uh, a rough way of, of uh, getting back to this idea of how reality works. Our reality down here, and we had this in the first section of Derech Hashem, is the lowest level of relaying and projection um, from the highest broadcasting station, which is there on the highest level of reality. So what, what is our observable reality cannot be, if we're going to interpret Metzius as essential existence, as the root of existence, the origin of existence, the, the um, actual existence, first level existence, so this is not Metzius over here, not in any sense, um, shape or form. The Etzim Metzius is 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 um, as far as possible from our observable Metzius, and there are, you know, um, there are are uh, innumerable levels of projection and relaying, projection relaying, projection relaying, uh, before by, 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 you know that 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 connect us from the highest point to the lowest point. This is getting back to the Ramchal. Getting back to the Ramchal, of course, Goyim can wreak destruction and create construction down here. Of course, they can murder and kill, and they can protect and save. And they can, they can provide a haven, and they can provide Gehenna to whomever they want. And, right? But they can't affect the essential essential existence of anything that's in Metzius. They can't affect reality at its point of origin, at its root level. They can't affect that. They can only affect the, the final, final form. So that's like saying that, you know, the guy gets upset about the today's television show that he's watching. He gets upset. He gets upset at his, hometown, at his hometown team watching the Broncos play in the Super Bowl. They're having an awful first half. Having an awful first half. I remember Super Bowls in the 80s where the Broncos had an awful first half and they had an awful second half too. They, I, three times in the 80s this happened. Yeah, it was awful. But anyway, so... The guy is watching the Broncos getting slaughtered. The best he can do, if he's angry about this, is what? Smash the television screen, right? He can do that. If he's very, very angry, he can break the screen. He sees the Broncos running around. John Elway, this big John Elway, he smashes the screen right through John Elway. And what he did was destroy the image, projection of John Elway on his television screen. To apply this to what the Ramchal is saying, is the is the 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 davar vehipuchai 
what Yid is capable of doing is saying, Tate! Tate! The Broncos need a win! Oh, he opens up a Tehillim, he starts davening, and, and John always suddenly starts making all the, all the passes, and he doesn't get tackled anymore, and the receivers are making all the receptions. He can change what John always doing on the field, because he can change the root reality, the highest form of reality, what, what's actually going on over there. He can change what's actually going on. Okay, so this is the Moshe Lamad. A guy can affect things, but he, he affects the flat, static, final projection of etzim reality. He's not, he can't do anything to John Elway himself. He can affect what, the, 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 the static, superficial projection, the final projection. So the, the destruction that Goyim can do down here is the projection, is the final. Now, of course, it can be awful and horrendous, and it's, it can really kill real people. But again, in terms of etzim reality, it's the lowest level of reality. They can't tamper with the source of reality. A guy can pray also. What? A guy can pray also. A guy can pray also, yes. Bilaam would have no effect on the Jews if he cursed the Jews? Bilaam was, was a separate matter. Bilaam was a one-time exception. Akash Baruch gave Bilaam a... Uh, gifted Bilaam with a Kayach of Nebuah that, that put him up there. Uh, okay, anyway. Um, so... Um, Nothing happens. He doesn't get listened to. Like what is? Uh, Hashem will accept prayers from a guy. I have to make my Moshe a little bit better, even. Um, prayers are prayers are is is is, is not a good. Uh, it's, it's my fault, maybe. I understand your question. Goyim can pray, and, and it's 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 uh, mafurish. No, it's it's already in, in Nach that Hashem accepts prayers of Goyim. Hashem will sometimes listen to their prayers. Um, I, I really threw everybody off because the, the best way of giving this muscle is really to say it like this is to say um, excuse me is to say that um, not just a, a you taking out the Tehillim and saying Tata you know we, we, John know we need some help but even if he's not davening not asking Hashem but let's say let's say he decides you know I, I'm not going to spend the afternoon watching the Super Bowl I'm going to sit and Chazer Meseches Baba Basra. So his sitting and learning, his sitting and Chazer Meseches Baba Basra, if Akash Baruch, let's say, knows that, you know, this is someone who would appreciate a Broncos win, someone who would appreciate that good news, that would be something that would be nice for this Yid. It's, it's possible, it's conceivable, it's conceivable that his actions of sitting and learning down here are setting things into motion up there that may be giving the Broncos more siyat to the Shmaya. With that feel. Not because he's davening. Not because he's davening. His Averis also, Chasashon, the Yitz Averis, can mess things up up there that will show up down here. So it's automatic. It's automatic. You're right. Prayer is not a good example because prayer is me asking Hashem for something. Hashem may listen, may not listen. It's Hashem sending me something. Hashem sending me something with the Amazon truck. And Hashem sometimes sends going things too. That could be. The, the best muscle is the one that we, I just gave now, that my actions are directly, my, my, me sitting and learning, I'm harving over the sugi over here. You know, chardol, learning chardol over here on Super Bowl Sunday, and that harvanya over chardol's, you know, making everyone uh, be in the right place at the right time down on the field, my home team. That, that, that's the better muscle. Now, that guy, a guy, if you give him um, a good deed to do, Mitzvah to do, he does Shavu Mitzvah B'nai Noyach, all the guys get in Denver, they get together, and they say, 
as a schus for the Broncos, we're going to take for one Sunday, we're all going to be Mekayim Shavim Zinenech, that will not have any effect on the Broncos. That's the, that's the difference over here. Um, El, El Avo, let's wrap this up. Yamshichu la'atzim tayalazai hafsid. Their actions affect their own quality of life or lack thereof. Their own existence or their own destruction down here. In beguf, in benefesh, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, the yoisivu koyach besar sholehem oyach lishuhu, and they can um, be, be in a better standing to for for their sar to protect them or to lose the protection from their sar and to allow another sar. As we mentioned, there can be conflicts between different angels. Their, their, their sar can be better equipped to defend them or be less equipped to defend them. But in their mortal mortal affairs down here. Okay, so let's let's in this paragraph. Let's just tie this together and, and, and connect all the dots. The Ramchal is giving us a, a, a huge a, a huge yesoid over here. Again, an understanding difference in Yidden Goyim, and and this is the second to last idea. Hashem, tomorrow we'll see the final one altogether. But the second to last idea is telling us is is um, where are we effective? At what level of reality do we affect with our actions? Yidden, through our mitzvahs and averis, we affect reality at its highest level, at its origin point, and that means we affect everything from the top down to the bottom, because what happens up there governs what happens down here. We directly affect reality, we directly determine um, the, the status of this world in terms of Hashem's presence or Hashem's absence, and Goyim don't affect anything that's above the, the static, superficial realm down here. That has to do with what? With, again, the functioning of a yid versus the functioning of a guy, the build and makeup of a yid versus the build and makeup of a guy. And it has to do, with, again, once again, with are we pre or are we only post Are we shaykh to Adam Rishon in Gan Eden or are we only shaykh to Adam Rishon after Gan Eden? It's all connected, all has to go, it all goes hand in hand. If we're shaykh to Adam Rishon Prichet, and that's Avram Avinu in all his senses, Klai Yisrael, that means we have a Neshama El Yaino. That means we have the means to bring ourselves into Elam Haba, to bring the world into Elam Haba, to bring the world towards its, its final Tikkun and Shlemus. We are connected to a, a, a Neshama that has the power, the ability to overpower the body and to be the 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 main star of our existence. That's all what, that goes into being shaykh to prichet. If we have that neshama, that means that we have not just a neshama that can bring us to Elam Haba, we have a neshama that's still connected to the Kisei HaKavit. We have a neshama that is that superpowered, supercharged neshama that can that, that can give us such a lofty existence that our again our goof is just the soap bubble keeping in the spirituality and that's the goof is just the, the fingernails the gossamer uh, threadbare physical shell just to contain the ruchnius and if we have such a neshama the neshama is certainly affecting all of reality because we are existing on the highest level the highest level which from which all other levels cascade and flow and follow and automatically, we're able to affect everything. A guy, if you're post-chait reality, you can't make a tikkun in yourself. 
I'm sorry, you can't get into Tzayin Lamhaba, you're not Shaykh Tzayin Lamhaba, you're not Shaykh to making a Tikkun of the Chayda of Adam Rishon. It means your, your reality is only in the level of existence that Adam Rishon left behind after the Chayda, which is the lowest level, level of a basic, thick, physical existence, where in the Neshama, it may be there, but as a spark, which is eclipsed, vastly eclipsed by the, the, the Guf. That's the existence of the Umas Ha'ilam, that's post-Chayda existence. And since this is where they exist, this is where they are limited to in terms of what they can affect. They don't exist up there. They don't have a neshama that goes up there, therefore they can't affect up there. Their ability to affect things is limited to their existence, and their existence is down here, they can only affect things down here on the screen itself. All they can do is smash the screen in, they can't get to beyond the screen, they certainly can't get to the studio, they certainly can't get to the actors themselves. Again, every guy has the ability to change his wiring, to graft himself onto the tree of Avram Avinu, which means he is now Shaykh to the Elyonim, but until he does that, he is living in the lowest level of existence. And this is, you know, to be understood in tandem with, with the, the uh, famous, famous observation of Reb Chaim Velazhener. In Nefesh HaChaim, Reb Chaim Velazhener says over there that all the destruction that the... the, the, the most wicked of all Goyim was ever, ever able to pull off his example is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, a Russia, who comes into the, who comes into the Titus, I'm sorry, Titus, Titus, a Russia, destroyed the second base of Mikdash, came into the Kaidish Kadashim, took a, a Zoyn in the Kaidish Kadashim, committed an act of atrocious act um, of immorality on a safer Torah in the Kaidish Kadashim, slashes the Parachas, burns the whole base of Mikdash down to the ground. All of those atrocities don't come close to the destruction that a simple Jew commits when he has one thought of uh, of impurity. One thought of impurity in, on a level of thought that nobody knows about from one simple Jew creates more spiritual destruction than Titus was able to pull off in all of his ravaging of the temple because the most that Titus can do is destroy physical objects. He can destroy a physical temple. Spiritual temples, a spiritual existence he doesn't touch. He can't break beyond that glass ceiling, of which is this world. He can get to the glass ceiling, smash it, but he can't get beyond it. Whereas a simple Jew is connected all the way up. Simple Jew with a simple thought of impurity, machshavas arayis, even, is creating untold more spiritual destruction than the biggest Rasha, because again, this is where he exists, and this is where the other one exists. That wraps up Tess, and that's again, all the uh, old ideas coming together with new wrinkles and new understanding, and Mirza Hashem, tomorrow we'll see Yud and finish off this prayer. Thank you all for joining. Have a wonderful today. Have a good day.